0: So we've heard uh, from quite a few people on what it's like to be a traveling PTA, but we kind of have the other side today, which I'm super excited for. We dive deep into like a lot of details that we haven't gotten into before. Um, you look like oh, you're I,
1: I, I, I was. <laughs> um, what I was gonna say is, and we'll we'll touch on it a little bit later too. Mm-hmm. As far as like this field for PTAs. Like sometimes you feel like there's really nowhere else to go and that's when travel was a great option because you get to see more of the world you get to work in different settings like there's so much variety in travel which is great um, but today we have Nicole and she takes that a step further and went into the recruiter role which is a whole nother angle and it just it's great that we get to see that there's so many different avenues that ptas can take and today is just yeah another example of that
0: yeah and she like and that's one of the things that we will touch on is like how does her being a pta in this role help her so you feel like you're still using your knowledge and your skill set and just like a different type of role um so without that well without saying more further ado i don't know what's the word
1: yeah i don't, I don't i'm not sure, i don't know but-
0: yeah. I, I, me either right, but it. let's let's go ahead and get
1: into it you're listening to the pt assistance podcast with your hosts ken
0: and laura thanks for joining for another exciting episode all right guys we are back with nicole thank you so much for joining us we're super excited for this um i'm really excited to see kind of you know how a whole new angle. yes a whole new angle um You know, seeing a different way we can go in this field. Um, So let's go ahead and just start and let's uh, talk about a little bit about how you got into the physical therapy background. um, How long have you been working? Where you worked? And just a little bit about yourself in general, too.
2: Yeah. So I'm super excited that you guys decided to have me on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So I started out in physical therapy. Um, I actually laugh because I... In high school, I thought that physical therapy was boring, and I thought I never wanted to go into it. Uh, um, I was an athletic trainer, a student athletic trainer at my high school, and nice. I remember just being like, "Oh, that PT stuff is like, no, I don't. I want to be on the. I want to do the taping. I want to do the, you know, on, like the sidelines and all that kind of stuff. And then I'm you the know, field. look, here we are. You know, so <laughs> life just takes its uh, lovely turns. You know on its own but um I initially really got into PT um after my undergraduate um I got my undergrad in exercise science at Purdue University Woo-hoo! go Boilermakers nice um, oh well not the school but you know the, the
0: exercise <laughs> science
2: <laughs> I mean I'm a Boilermaker through and through that's one thing about me oh, you that, that. <laughs> uh, for sure Uh, that's where my heart stands but um, yeah so I had to do an internship um, at an outpatient uh, clinic and uh, outpatient PT clinic and uh, that's I was a PT aide and got to kind of you know work with patients that was the first time I really had like hands-on and that kind of stuff Um, and that's where I really you know decided that PT was was a thing for me and um, after like I said, after I graduated, I I continued working with them for a while, while I kind of figured out what I wanted to do with my life and if I wanted to do PT school or PTA school, and um, ended uh, up applying to both. Yeah, and um, <laughs> always the debate. Oh yes, uh, I applied for PT schools and uh, didn't get into any. So you know, that's the it's life. Tough. So it's so hard. It is yeah. so hard. Um, and you know especially when your GPA is just like so close you know I had like a 291 or something and it's like oh that's like half a class you know if I would have gotten a grade one better on an exam I would have been there or something you know it's just like it's the worst so it's so bad (laughs) Uh, but ended up getting into PTA school like really quickly like uh, got an interview and then like the next week I was interviewing and like got accepted on the spot pretty much and was starting like a month later. Like it was like a real quick turnaround. I was like, all right, well, I guess, you know, that's where I'm going. That's what I'm doing. It kind of fell into my lap and you know, that's, that's, I guess that's what the plan for me is. So we're going to roll with it. Um, So I went to university of Evansville in Southern Indiana, uh, which is I'm from uh, central Indiana originally. And, um, Went through all of that, and that's kind of how I got into PT. Nice.
0: I know. That's how, like, I feel like a lot of us start off and we're like, we're going to go to PT school, and never mind, no, we're not.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we got on that same boat. (laughs)
2: Honestly, at the end of the day, like I was, you know, and I was like, all right, well, I'll do PTA school and then I'll always just apply. I'll just apply for a bridge program and I'll go get my PT that Mm -hmm. way. Yeah, I got into PTA and I was like, first of all, loans. Second of all, (laughs) I don't want more loans third I the paperwork I kind of don't want the paperwork exactly like I was yeah. like I kind of like doing those the PTA things not too bad like <laughs>
0: exactly it's funny because uh, when I was in school and I always wanted to go and get you know my doctor and PT and my mom kept always saying like don't do it You're going to spend more time doing paperwork than working with the patients. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just become a PTA. And I was like, no, mom, I really want to become a doctor. Because I also wanted just to be Dr. I think it was just a
1: title. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, That's what it was for me, too. It was like a personal goal. I want to prove that I can do it, you know, kind of a thing.
0: I'm grateful I did it. And the same thing. I was like, I'll just do a bridge program. Like, you know, I'll do, I'll look into this later on. And now I'm like, Yeah, no, that's a lot of debt and a lot of paperwork. No, thanks yeah
2: (laughs) so you're not alone on that um so what type of setting did you work in for a while uh so i initially started in the uh skilled nursing sniff setting um and lived the sniff life for a good three years or so okay yeah Uh, and then i decided uh that i was going to try home health and that's pretty much the two settings that i've only really ever worked in which not mad about that so. Did no, you have any was,
1: other settings for your rotations or anything?
2: Um, I did do a level one trauma center for hospital okay. and then I did like wow. a subacute. Like I didn't actually have a sniff rotation. I did like a, um, it was like a step down from a hospital. Mm-hmm. So it was more okay. like your like immediate stroke rehab and like that kind of stuff, which I actually ended up really loving. Um, but then how was
1: the, the trauma center?
2: I, it was really good. Um, it was at University of Kentucky, so I got to see a lot okay. of really cool stuff, um, you know, and just working in a hospital of that size and magnitude was was really cool to see just kind of how it works with PT, and, you know, I thought it was a really good experience.
1: Oh, yeah, that absolutely. That's cool. awesome.
0: Yeah. Uh, here, we I worked in, an, uh, we call it an acute skilled nursing facility, so it's the right, you know, you get discharged from the hospital, but you're not good enough to go home, mm-hmm. so... Uh, they go right and so the same thing like you saw a lot of uh, stroke or just post-ops even sometimes yeah, uh, yeah. but how's transitioning from going from skilled nursing to home health
2: honestly not too bad like because in home health you're they're either coming straight from the hospital um, because they have the support at home to be able to do home health or they're coming from the sniff Um, And they've had, you know, like already sniff rehab pretty much. So it's Mm -hmm. pretty much the same. It's just in their home and they're slightly more mobile. Um, I guess I would even argue sometimes they're not, you know, it would be close to sniff level. Um, You know, if if they had the family support and they can come home, then, you know, come home.
0: You just get a little more creative with uh, how you're going to do your your exercises and programs, that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Edge of bed. You know, walking outside, going around the neighborhoods, that kind of stuff. You know, so it wasn't too bad. I actually really liked it, and it was a really good mix too. Of um, you know, in the sniff, you don't see as much ortho, like knee replacements and that kind of stuff. And so, home health, I got to see a little bit more of that. So I got to, you know, dig back into my ortho knowledge and Mm -hmm. um, you know get Mm -hmm. to kind of see some of that. And you know, in in sniff, you don't see as much you know improvement in people necessarily all the time so with the the knee replacements you know and the hip replacements you get to see that you know week by week they're improving in strength and they're excited because they can you know walk without their walker now or you know go up and (laughs) down stairs and like you know so it's like a little bit more motivating and exciting to kind of do and um you know work on that range of motion and um you know, sometimes I guess feel like a real therapist, you know, versus just trying to motivate people to get out of bed,
0: you know, <laughs> or just even just to do therapy. That's how like I originally yeah. hurt my Achilles was a, uh, I had a patient who was on the third denial pretty much. And I was like, look, if you don't do it, you're literally only here for this. You're, they're going to charge you. And was like, Man, that was the worst. That's the only thing like I truly hated about working in a sniff was because of the fact that, the denial rate is just so high. And you're just like, why, guys? Why? Yeah. At least in the place I was at. Like, they all wanted to be there, but they didn't want to put Do in anything. any work. Yeah. yeah. And then you that have
2: productivity like, standards, you know, from upper oh management gosh, yes. on top of you, too. And it's just like, I think that's what, honestly, that's what burnt me out, at, you know, at, towards the end of it. Was just, you know, all of the the higher up and, and basically our healthcare system in general, you know, just. hmm burnt me out and I was like I need I need to try a new setting this is this isn't good
1: I think like the big thing that I like about home health, like I haven't done home health and I've been curious for quite some time and we've talked to a couple people that do home health um one thing that I really like is that you get to use like their own environment yeah so Laura and I are both from outpatient clinics and we can simulate a lot of the things that they have like oh I have like this much clearance or it's this far from my bedroom to the bathroom so you can work on ambulation and all that but when you're working in home health, like, you get a way better feel of, okay, this is how much you need to walk, this is how much strength you need, your endurance, and just kind of taking them outside, like, oh, let's go walk to your mailbox and things like that. Like, it doesn't really feel like therapy. It just feels like, I don't know, just kind of going back to your life.
0: Yeah. Let's like
2: say just hanging out with them. I mean, yeah, it like also yeah, provides yeah, cool its own sets of challenges, too, you know, if you get somebody oh, yeah. who's Got a, a messier home, or you know, something yes, like I that, know. or like more stairs, and you're like, You should not be doing stairs ever, you know, and they're just like very <laughs> oh. unsafe, and you're just like, Oh no,
0: like, <laughs> or you got the 50 rug person where they've got rugs yes. on top of rugs on top oh, of rugs, yes. and you're like, Oh my gosh, you can barely clear this the floor, right? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> the, the
1: smells is turning Laura off as no, well. The, the
0: smell, the smells she, she keeps red. saying how much I don't she know can't if do I it.
2: ever do a home house war. There were do honestly. I, I, now I can't say I haven't done home health all over, only just kind of, I did it in the San Francisco area, and then in San Diego area, and so both are, like, pretty nice areas, so, I mean, I Mm -hmm. probably not go back to Indiana and do home health, or, you know, somewhere (laughs) else, you know, where you're like, oh, like, "Mm, those nasty houses might be a little bit Mm -hmm. more populous, you know, but. My favorite part, honestly, was like the office views, you know, you're from your car and you're driving around, like you can see the city that you're in, especially as a traveler, you know, you're, you get to explore the area. Like I remember just driving around, like you turn a corner in San Francisco and it's like, oh, there's the ocean. Like, "Hmm, that's not bad. You know, it's like just another day, just another day in the office, (laughs) you know?
1: (laughs) Out well, here, it's awesome. heard, oh look, there's another dirt. More dirt. Got <laughs> <it>. <laughs> dirt and rocks everywhere. Oh look,
0: more dirt. <laughs> hey, that's a new patch of dirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before we get into kind of where you're at now, um, what just to kind of get to know you just a little bit more. Uh, I know you said you're now in like San Diego region. Uh, so, living that beach life. Um, but, are you, you know, Are you got any fun hobbies to do? Do you like to go surfing? I know we kind of talked a little bit beforehand, and you got that cute little puppy. Yes. Sorry, puppy. A puppy. I have a
2: puppy. He just turned a year. His yeah. name's Diego. Okay, it yeah, was puppy. Yeah. Oh, he's you. he's adorable, but also you know, a little turd sometimes <laughs> oh, yeah, too, cause he's no, no more. Yeah, because he's still a puppy. I... He's got a lot of attitude. But he's a good boy, <laughs> mostly, until he's not. But, <laughs> you know, he's a good boy. So I, you know, we love him. I live with my boyfriend and, um, he's a travel nurse. Uh, well not a traveler yes. anymore cause we decided to do perm now in San Diego. But, um, yeah, I'm originally from central Indiana. Um, and you know, decided to do travel and get out of the Midwest. Um, but, uh, originally I, uh, grew up, um, as a synchronized swimmer, actually, and then uh, picked hey, up lacrosse awesome. right before college, wow. and played club through um, through college at Purdue. Um, so I've always been really like around sports and all of that kind of stuff, you know, my whole life. And um, like I said earlier, I'm a Purdue Boilermaker, uh, tried and <laughs> true. So I follow, you know, Purdue basketball and football and all of that stuff. Um, and whenever I'm home, I make sure I make a trip back to campus too, because it's just a It's a great place, you know, kind of home, home, a second home, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, been out in California for the last four, five years, probably going on five years now, kind of traveling around, um, spent my COVID couple years in Sonoma, California, which Mm -hmm. was not a bad place to get stuck for COVID at all Uh, gorgeous area (laughs) yeah exactly Um, and my COVID project was actually to get a wine certification so I am certified in wine as well
1: wow
2: Um, yeah I'm a wino at heart as well so got that from my mom for sure So she really
0: was like I'm perfect here yeah,
1: okay.
2: you can, a little
1: long. You're all long. i'm not going anywhere
2: yeah i was i was actually on a travel contract out there and covid hit and they were actually going to cut my contract and i was like i'll stay i'll stay perm i'll go perm like and i ended up going perm for about a year and a half um you know at that point we didn't know what was going on and everyone was losing their jobs left and right so i was like all right i'll stay this is not the worst place to get stuck (laughs) i'd rather not risk it anywhere else you're like however my bank account might disagree with
0: it yeah (laughs) but my wine bottles don't
2: (laughs) exactly oh i had a i my my collection has dwindled quite a bit since those times but it was it was pretty solid collection
1: (laughs) did you start doing uh traveling since like right after school
2: uh, pretty much. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I um, I guess we can kind of jump into that too. But mm-hmm. I, after PTA school, um, a good friend of mine was a travel nurse and her husband was actually a classmate of mine in PTA school. And she's the one that got me into traveling or talking about traveling. Um, and she had always dreamed of going to Alaska for a travel contract and ended up getting a contract there. Um, in Ketchikan Alaska and was like come with us like you and um, you know you and my husband can can study for boards together and we can explore and all of that kind of stuff so we you know cut down my closet and you know went went the minimalist life and uh, I moved out to Alaska with them and spent a couple months studied for boards kind of crazy I'm Kind of surprised I passed after, you know, <laughs> living in Alaska, <laughs> studying for boards, lots of distractions out there, hikes and you know, scenery and all of that kind of stuff. Everything's so much. Oh, it's it beautiful. Is. But honestly, like no regrets. Like that was I passed. That's all that matters. So Right? You just gotta get that passing right. check marked. Exactly. Good. It doesn't matter
1: what score you. Exactly. I
2: don't even
0: honestly I don't even remember what I got. I just know I passed. Right? That's
1: right. all that matters. <laughs>
0: So Kids, like, I yeah, I know my score too, but mm. I really, I really don't remember what I got.
2: I think no. I passed by like one point when I went back and looked at it, like one point. I was like, oh, dang. Hey. but Still it's a I pass. Play. I mean, a there pass you. is That's a, pass, a pass, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's all that matters. <laughs> I really, like
0: i just so I, I, don't even know. If, like I know I kind of looked, but then I just completely forgot it. But yeah, so I did come didn't come back to look try- for several months. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, if I go back, it's gonna change. It's gonna yeah, be right. <laughs> They, they correct something. No, I can't handle that. Um, so you traveled for a good amount of time, um, pretty much your whole entire career. Yep. Um, now how we're gonna talk about kind of transitioning. Now, now you're officially a recruiter, correct? Yes. Yes. So how did you kind of switch from being into the field into recruiting? Do you still treat occasionally? Do you still t- take a contract if you want? Um, kind of all that Jeff.
2: So I am still keeping my license active. I just started recruiting in May. So I'm still a fairly new recruiter, um, you know, learning some of the ropes. But um, yeah, so I was a, actually a traveler with Pioneer Healthcare um, and, you know, matched with my recruiter and honestly, Like, back in – like, literally going back to Alaska, like, that's when I started talking to recruiters. I had three that I was talking to, and when I passed my boards, I reached out to all of them, and was like, hey, I passed. Let's go. Let's find me a job. And Mm -hmm. literally nobody responded to me except for my recruiter from Pioneer. Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, you know, you're responsive, and you're going (laughs) to help me out. And, like, we've literally actually – come full circle, she's now my boss. So oh,
1: that's um, great. yeah,
2: and we've become, you know, we've formed a really good friendship throughout, you know, this the years that I've been traveling and all of that. So um it's really cool. Um but yeah so I don't remember where I was going with that. <laughs> well,
1: it happens to me the all, the the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all the time all
2: the time. Um so <laughs>
1: oh,
2: I was mind. you know working and you know really I just I got you know burnt out with PTA and there's there's no real advancement necessarily right it's either go back to PT school or maybe be a DOR which I would never do uh you know there's just nothing else you can do and so I really you know wanted that you know something I can grow a little bit more into I'm not really stuck in um And actually had talked to my recruiter and, you know, I think they had mentioned it as a joke and was like, wouldn't it be funny if you came and became a recruiter with us? And I was like, you know, that's not a bad idea. So I, you know, doing home health (laughs) with home health, you have a lot of time on your hands and sitting in your car driving. And I had a lot of time to think about it. And it just really grew on me and um, realized that that was another way that I could not only help patients, um, but also help you know, other recruiters and traveler or other, not recruiters, but other travelers, um, you know, in the industry and all of that. Um, So that's kind of what made me want to take the jump and made, uh, made the jump. But yeah, like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to keep my license active. I haven't uh, treated since I started in May, but um, Mm -hmm. definitely keeping the option open. Um, you know, maybe for some home health or something here and there on the weekends or yeah. whatever, but I really want to get settled in, in this role first, you yeah. know, before Which I go sure back into, sense. into treating. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then it, It's almost
0: like you can kind of have like a mix in a way. Yeah,
2: absolutely. For sure.
1: And I was just like, just out of curiosity, um, the other, like your coworkers or other recruiters, do they all come from PTA backgrounds as well or PT backgrounds?
2: Uh, No, I am the only therapist uh, as a recruiter in our office. I think we have one other girl who um, was a PA or not a PA, but a a physician's assistant um, Mm -hmm. or sorry, medical assistant. She was a medical assistant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But other than that, I'm I'm the only therapist, which actually I have found has been a huge asset um, in picking up the job as a recruiter. You know, I've picked it up really quickly, a lot of the lingo and, you know, knowing productivity and the different mm-hmm. settings and, yeah, you know, the difference between acute yeah. and outpatient mm-hmm. and inpatient, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So I can really talk to people and and know what they're talking about, you know, just the industry language, I guess, kind of thing, um, too, to really understand. So that's definitely helped me. Um, and, you know, when you have somebody that's lived the same life that you're trying to live, mm-hmm. you know, it makes it a lot easier. <laughs>
1: Yeah, a lot more relatable. Absolutely. I was going
0: to be, like, my next question is, like, do you find it now actually, like, you have better communication, even though you're kind of newer in this role? Do you feel like you've got better communication with some of the people you're recruiting and working with because of the fact that you can fully relate to what they're requesting or what they're looking for or what the job entails? And you can be like, oh, this person's actually going to be a good fit for them versus where it's like sometimes when we get people who've never done the job, they're like, oh, yeah, you'll fit fine. And you're like, no, that's going to be a horrible matchup. That, that that person who just came from all outpatients going to hate going into this pa- like setting. Um, yeah. That's not what they want at all. Like, do you feel like you kind of got a little bit more, better handle on all that? And that's kind of showing in your relationships?
2: I think so. I mean, especially and, you know, a lot of our job is making cold calls. at just calling people and say, hey, like do you need a job? Are you looking for a travel job? You know, that kind of stuff. And, you know, when, when you do get someone on the line that, you know, that is looking, you know, I make sure I'm like, look, I was a travel PTA before I was a recruiter. And you can like, I, you know, it's almost like a palpable shift. You're like, they're like, oh, okay. Like you get it. You know, kind of a thing. A lot more more relatable. You get it. Yeah. So when they say they don't want sniff, it's like, I know why, like I've lived it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) What? Well, and I think the thing,
0: too, is, like, I don't know, like, being a PTA, I have I think we've all at some point had a recruiter reach out to us for traveling or for something like that. And it's like, you you know, they tell you all these great things about it, but you're like, okay, what's it really like? And I feel like you get to give them that, like, actual information of, like no, I did it. I went out and I lived it. And this is what it's truly like going into new places every single time. Um, treating, how was it like all that kind of stuff. And you can kind of give that true insight where it's a lot harder for people who've never done that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. No, absolutely. And like, you know, you know, a lot of other recruiters just go on what, you know, they've heard from experiences from their other travelers Mm -hmm. and stuff, but it's definitely nice to be like, look, you know, I've lived it or I've, You know i see some jobs at facilities that i've worked at and i'm like oh i've worked there i would totally go back or you know Mm -hmm. i may not send you to that one or you know because i know what it you know what it's about because i've been you know worked there before you know that kind of stuff or that area you know i can say you know i did home health in san francisco so like i know that whole area you know fairly well um you know and can kind of be like okay this is a safe place to live or find housing here or you know that kind of stuff, so it it definitely helps. You know, having known the area and and worked, you know, a lot of California and and different places. So, mm-hmm. as far as like
1: sending people like to their assignments, you, do you still send them like all over the country, or do you only handle like just the West Coast, and then someone else will handle like the East Coast, and so on and so forth?
2: Uh, we do. We staff all over the country. Um, okay. We literally have jobs from coast to coast. I would say the West Coast is more popular, but I think that's going to be the same for any company. I mean, and that's just where jobs are, you know, and I don't know why specifically California. I don't know why if it, maybe it's because it's so big, but, um, you You're know, cheap. I would say the majority of jobs are in California. So, okay, um, you know, or a good <laughs> chunk of them are, um, but we do have jobs, you know, Florida, we have jobs in, you know, Maine and, you know, East Coast, Midwest, all over the place. So,
1: But every recruiter yeah. will handle like all over the country, yep. right? Yep. Okay.
2: And then do you usually kind of stick with
0: someone once they kind of take a contract with you? Do you kind of walk them through or are they kind of being passed from recruiter to recruiter? How does that usually kind of go?
2: Yeah. So we, um, at least on, you know, with Pioneer, you know, if we try to build connections, you know, that's our biggest, Mm -hmm. you know, our not our biggest goal, but one of our biggest goals, you know, we, we want to form a connection with you. We want to get to know you. Um, You know, like I said, I formed a really great relationship with my recruiter at pioneer and we became good friends. Like I send her a Christmas card every year, um, you know, kind of friends. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we want to get to know you. And so if communication hasn't happened, you know, then that leaves opportunity for another recruiter to kind of swipe in and, and pick up that traveler. Um, So You know, when when you reach out to a traveler, and then you're getting you know messages or texts or calls from them every week. That's why you know because they want to keep you, you know, under their belt, you know, so that nobody else can kind of steal them because it can get a little (laughs) sharky sometimes. You know,
1: yeah, I can see that. You know,
2: when somebody wants a job and you're you're looking for that booking, and you know, like oh, that person hasn't reached out in two weeks. Like I'm gonna call them. You know, (laughs) I'm gonna do it. (laughs) Yep,
0: exactly. Well, and that kind of takes me into my next question. Of like, what's kind of like your day-to-day? Like, if someone's looking into transitioning out of – because I do feel like if we're transitioning out of the field, um, I'm kind of just saying this more in general, we are starting to take new roles in recruiting, in um, insurances. Like, we're, we know the aspect, but we're not actually working the field itself. Um, so for someone who is looking at maybe like, hey, I don't want to travel anymore. I just need a break from the field or any of that kind of stuff. And they're interested in becoming a recruiter. What does your day to day like kind of look like for you? I know it can vary with each company, but.
2: Yeah. So uh, when I interviewed, uh, I asked one of the questions I asked was, what's what do you think is going to be the hardest part of this job? And um, my manager said, meet in seat so the fact that it's a desk job and i would agree that's probably one of the hardest parts is that you know you go from being a you know a therapist you're up and you're moving and you're exercising mm-hmm. with your patients and you're you know moving and grooving and doing all this stuff on your feet and then you know you go to a desk job and you're like oh this is different you know like yeah. i'm in a cubicle yeah. and uh it's me myself and i and you know just kind of thing so i would say that's definitely the biggest change Uh, for me. But other than that, you know, I get to work, I check my emails, you know, see if there's anybody that's emailed me, you know, anybody I need to reach out to, I check check my text messages, see if any, you know, any of my travelers reached out to me, um, try and respond to those. Um, And then, you know, pretty much from that, it's, it's, you know, just trying to, you know, making cold calls, um, you know, sending out emails, figuring out what the hot jobs are, um, what the pay is going to be, you know, trying to match up. Okay, I have this person that I called and they said they want this job in this specific location. Okay, let's go look at my job mm-hmm. list and see, you know, what jobs do I have? And then talking to my account managers to be, and then if I, you know, if I don't have a job in that area, going, hey, I know you've had contracts with, you know, these, you know, XYZ places in the past. Can you reach out to them and see if they have any openings or, you know, that kind of stuff? So sometimes it's, um, you know, a job and you're trying to find a person to fill it. And sometimes it's a person and you're trying to find the job to put them in, you know, so just kind of going through that and, um, you know, figuring out, you know, where you want to place, what you're going to do, you know, who, who you want to put where. And, um, you know, like I said, we're big on building relationships with our travelers. So just kind of reaching out to them, you know, reaching out to my, you know, my list of people checking in seeing how they're doing, you know people that i have on contract making sure that everything's going okay with them they're not having any mental breakdowns anywhere or anything you know <laughs> kind of a thing and you know just <laughs> making, making sure they're doing, doing okay three days
0: in going where did you send me exactly <laughs> exactly There's cows more than people yeah <laughs> that would be me
2: <laughs> i'd be the one that people would need to check and be
1: like yeah, where are you would
0: are
2: you still breathing mm-hmm. are you okay Oh, yeah. I mean, I've definitely had times where I was like on the phone crying with my recruiter. And I was like, you know, came time to look for jobs. And she was like, well, what if I send you back to Indiana? And I was like, don't send me back. I
1: can't go back. <laughs> on second thought, I like here. I'll be right here.
2: <laughs> so I've definitely beach. been there. <laughs> I need a good view. Right.
0: <laughs> Rodeo Dive. Just send me there.
2: Right. Yeah. If only we... I know,
1: right? Um, Like, as far as your hours go, is it just, like, 8 to 5? Or because you never know... I'm assuming people can reach out, like, after hours? Or you have, like, a... Because we have, like... I know some PTAs that do, like, home health, and they have, like, try to stick to a strict schedule. Like, only contact me, working hours, after hours, off, no way. Weekends, absolutely not. But because you're trying to build these relationships a little bit more, I'm assuming... There may be times you work past 5. There may be times you work weekends or no, you try to
2: I try and keep stick to the, I mean, it's pretty much 8 to 5. Um we do have, you know, our calling app that we use on our computer. Um, I have it downloaded okay. on my phone so that I I do have access, you know, to see if somebody texts me or anything like that. Um, you know, so I can have contact and, you know, once I build up my traveler base, you know, I'm not, you know, shy of giving you know shy of giving them my my personal number if they need something or anything like that you know too so um definitely always available to be contacted but you know not
1: ideally work hours yeah yeah Yeah. ideally work
2: hours (laughs) I, you know I transitioned and I took a
0: year off I worked at Dell and I was an account manager and a lot of things you do is the same thing you have relationships with those and it's just kind of about setting those boundaries up front of like hey I'll do my best to reach you like if it's an emergency though like I need you to say it's an emergency because if not you know I got family and life too like yeah exactly <laughs> you know I might not reach back to you right away that's that's exactly. okay yeah. Just like
2: you don't like to work. I don't like to work. <laughs> hey, exactly. <laughs> but you know, I got, you know, I've been really trying to build up the Instagram and, you know, social media and reaching out, mm-hmm. you know, to people through that and um, you know, obviously that's on my phone. So sometimes I catch myself scrolling through my like my quote <laughs> business or like work feed versus my like and actually like I've been following you know obviously with PT it's like you know the algoro- algorithms and you know oh, I got yeah. all this like PT stuff and like PTs, OTs, SLPs and I'm like I'll like, be reading an SLP post and I'm like oh that's really interesting I never like knew that before or, like learning stuff on my work feed I'm like oh this is more interesting than my personal feed like <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> I've done the same absolutely. thing with our feed I'm like ooh, ooh this is cool oh I like that I actually
2: st- I've stolen a couple ideas off of what yeah, I've couple, just couple seen on Reels techniques
1: from yeah although there's a ton of stuff like
2: i'm like ah, i wish i would have known this while i was treating you know like (laughs)
1: there's so many resources out there now it's so crazy
2: do you just as a
0: recruiter do you just place ptas right now or do you also place like pts OTs,
2: uh coda speech we do pretty much everything so i work on Mm -hmm. the allied side um so no nursing um, just therapies, but we do, you know, PTs, PTAs, OTs, CODAs, speech, you know, SLP, and then SLPAs, and then also school psychs, we do, Mm -hmm. so it's a pretty wide range of people, um, and, you know, opportunities, and, you know, I've talked to some of my speech therapists, I'm like, look, I don't know anything about schools, like, you're (laughs) gonna have to teach me, so if I say something wrong, or I don't, you know, mention something, like, You might have to teach me, which is a really cool part of this job, is that I'm learning new things still, too, you know, about the Mm -hmm. industry that I didn't know before. Um, You know, but just different terminology for schools and different licenses and certifications you have to have and all that kind of stuff, you know. So it's cool to learn, Um, but it's definitely. It's a good, it's a good wide range of, you know, people to work with, too, so.
0: Now, are you guys trying to, do you guys work with a lot of the states that kind of have it where, oh gosh, Ken, you might have to help me out right now, where, you know, if you were licensed, yes, thank you, compact state. I I got you. Yeah. See, that's (laughs) why I said you had to help me out. Where, you know, it's a compact state where, you know, you don't have to get a new license. Are those easy to kind of get people in? Do people drift towards those, um... I would say mm-hmm.
2: yes. I mean, we work with all of them. Um, you know, obviously, California is not a compact state. No, nope. that's where we are it's right never. now. And I don't think they will ever be a compact state, to be honest, because yeah. it's California. But, yeah. um, you know, definitely, I would say compact states make it easier because then, you know, you don't have to necessarily wait as long to get that licensure. Mm-hmm. You know, you you just kind of got to apply for it versus go through all of the you know deep application i guess you know for yeah. the, the license oh so God.
0: i can i grew up in california i can say it's stubborn i'm allowed to i spent enough time there <laughs> i was
2: i was a little upset though because literally a week before i started uh, as a recruiter at pioneer indiana became a contract license and that's that's my oh. home license and i was like you're Dang. kidding me like <laughs> <laughs> oh, the timing
1: right? they're just waiting for you to switch over
2: they're trying to get nevada
0: to do it i know people on our board are working on it but the biggest issue they're trying to get past with it is the fact that nevada government does not want to hand over the control of who's coming in and who's not not coming in type thing yeah um yeah so like that's that's their bi- their biggest hurdle they're trying to get through um but man we could desperate i'll tell you this we are short staffed out here right now so it is brutal yeah at least i'm all right um but i had a question and i completely forgot it
1: i do have a question however it's going to have to wait until part two of this interview So thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like, subscribe, do all the things. Down below, we will leave links and contact information for Nicole if you'd like to reach out. And if you're interested, then definitely let her know. She can give you way more details than either Laura and I can. But until then, we'll see you guys in the next episode. The information in this video or podcast is not intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content, including text, graphics, images, and information contained in this video or podcast is for general information purposes only and does not replace your professors or a consultation from your own doctor or healthcare professional.